Infirmary Media. Warning, the following program features content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Bo Cephas Broadcast. Hello, baby. Greetings, boys and girls, and welcome to episode 72 of the Bocephus Broadcast. Glad to be back in the basement with you for another week of shenanigans across the World Wide Web. Another Sunday morning coming down, but yesterday, luckily, I had some time off. Did a little editing so I could take it easy today. Uh, armed with some, you know, coffee in the old, the, the big old Batman mug and uh, one of those gigantic apple fritters put away already this morning, so I'm... Already feeling fat and sassy. That is on top of eating um, just copious amounts of Hardee's last night at 2.30 after I got home. It's a decision that I'm both uh, grateful I made and also very much regretting. I tell you, though, I'm exhausted. Uh, I forced myself to get up at like 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, Three nights in a row. We played three nights in a row. Played in Mount Sterling, Illinois, uh, Thursday night and Friday night. And last night we played a country club here in town, which thank God it was in town because it was, uh, man, that, that hourish drive. I know it's only an hour. That makes for a long day, though. Had you been working? You leave work, you immediately get on the road and go over there and set up. You play, tear down, come back home, do the same thing the next night. And so, yeah, I, I'm glad last night was uh, in town. But we played the Cedar Crest Country Club last night. I think that's the first time uh, that I've played a golf course or a country club. And, I, you know, I, I'd like to I'd like to learn golf because there's going to come a time when I need a new hobby that's equally like relaxing as it is frustrating. And that seems like the way to go. Or I could do woodworking. Maybe. I like the uh, idea that I could potentially lose a limb at any time as well with a hobby. So I don't know. I, I'm split. I'm 50 50 on uh, woodworking or golfing as an upcoming new hobby to take on. You know, we, we stay as a, as a regional cover band, we stay pretty busy during the summer season because all the county fairs are going on, the state fairs and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's kind of exhausting, but man, I got to thinking as I was waiting in the Hardy's drive through last night, because that's the time to ponder life's most important questions when you're waiting on your thick burger to be cooked. But I got to thinking, you know, I got such uh, respect for people who do this professionally, night in and night out, professional musicians. You know, I, I like I had dreams of being a full-time musician when I was a teenager and we were playing bars and thought we were pretty hot shit. But I'm pretty good with how life shook out. You know, I, I, I like I like where I'm at. I like that I'm not a, a full-time musician. I mean, obviously, yes, it would be cool. I mean, it's it's cool being in a cover band that, that travels regionally. We've done a lot of cool stuff with it, too. But, you know, I love... Being able to come home at the end of the night and and uh, eat Hardee's at two thirty in the morning, in my underwear, and watch King of the Hill, which is exactly what I did last night, and it was heaven on earth. Um, and then go to sleep in my own bed, you know, above all else, and pet my dog, and tell Emily to give the covers back. So d- definitely, uh, such a, a deep respect for for uh, professional touring musicians who do this for a living, like the Oak Ridge Boys I mentioned last week when we you know talked to them, and they're. In their seventies, and they're still doing this night in and night out, and they're they're you know playing to packed houses and stuff like that. It, it's a testament to you know putting in the work and and seeing the return because it does not come without a lot of work. 
I'll tell you, man, if you, if you catch anybody who's out there busting ass to make ends meet and playing night in, night out, whether it's a professional band, whether it's a cover band, whether it's just a dude who's out there busking, I tell you what, a, a simple thank you just goes a long way. It goes such a long way. Uh, and Freebird, believe it or not, uh, does not, especially when it's repeated over and over. I have to tell you that, though. I've told you that millions of times. You know what, though? On the subject of music, we were playing Modern Day Bonnie and Clyde by Travis Tritt last night, and that's one of my favorite songs uh, to sing and play. But I started laughing uh, in the middle of it because I got to thinking, and Emily said this phrase a couple of years ago around Christmas time, but I got to thinking how funny this would be, like this would look on a hideous sweater. Maybe I could get my buddy Casey Carr to make this like a, a perler bead masterpiece, but just like a photo of Tell Me I Was Dreaming era Travis Tritt with the phrase Merry Trittmas on it. Like, I want nothing more than to make that happen. I'd love nothing more than for Travis Tritt himself to latch onto it. And then we become like super good friends. And we just call each other on the weekends like, hey, Travis Tritt, what's happening? What are you doing, man? Anyway, but that all uh, comes back around to playing uh, at a country club last night because the minute I pulled up to this golf course yesterday and started unloading my stuff I started singing that Travis Tritt country club song but I changed the lyrics to I'm not a member of the country club country music keeps my bills paid up travel to saber with the body beat up I'm truly better at many putt I don't know. I don't know, like the legalities. I don't know if I'm legally able to do it, but maybe that's uh, maybe that's the next Bosevas broadcast T-shirt that you'll be able to get on Amazon. The Merry Tritmus uh, non-denominational holiday T-shirt, naturally in a in a wide variety of colors and sizes and styles and all that stuff. I don't know. Uh, keep an eye out for that, though. I'm interested, and maybe you are too. So maybe we can uh, maybe we can make this happen. But on the subject of music, this is going to be a very music-heavy episode, by the way, uh, as as many of these are. Uh, but it's been almost a month since this interview actually took place. This whole experience took place down in St. Louis. Um, I, I became a, a fan of a guy named Brent Cobb probably a few months back. I reached out to Brent's management to see if I could set up a, a phone interview with him. And Brent, you know, like so many folks that I mentioned, he he makes his living on the road. And sometimes it's kind of hard to pin these folks down because of that. But that's, you know, to be completely expected. These people are busy. Everybody's busy. And it's fine. Um, you know, it'll happen when it happens or it won't happen at all. And that's it's it's part of life. You get over it. So we were trying to pin down a time to do a phone interview. And, you know, it was it was going to happen, I think. Or it would have happened. It, it was just a matter of finding, you know, a correct time for both parties to do it. Um, and they shot me some dates. That unfortunately wouldn't work for me, that worked for Brent. And I'd mentioned, you know, in a response email that, you know, hey, Brent's going to be at Hollywood Casino in St. Louis. You know, I hope to, you know, come down and check the show out, which is, you know, St. Louis, a couple hours away from Quincy. It's just a couple hours south of here. And this was honestly no sort of like any ploy to try to weasel my way there. But, um, you know, I'm a firm believer that, like I said, if you appreciate what an artist is doing or band is doing or, or any sort of entertainer is doing, Tell them thank you, or in the very least, you know, just find a way to support them. Buy their record, go see a show, buy a t-shirt, just something, you know. 
So I had mentioned in that email that I hope to come catch Brand at that show, which uh, was really a, a triple threat because the, the same bill was Marty Stewart and Chris Stapleton. Uh, and I'm a big fan of both of those guys, too. So the, the fact that the three of them were together was like a, a moment of the stars aligning music wise for me. So I, I really wanted to to go see that show. So I mentioned it, you know, I said, I hope to come catch the show and, and we'll, you know, try to find some more dates to do this phone interview. So they respond with, well, would you just like to come do the interview in person and catch the show? Now, if I hadn't had two cups of coffee already that morning, uh, I, I would have shit my pants when I read that email. But you have no idea how much I lit up when I got that email that you have. You have any idea how unreal that is for me like i know you can't like be in my body and feel my emotions and stuff but it was i was floored like i'm still floored to think about that now but i spent here's the thing i spent about a decade doing radio stuff for a living and there are great perks to that job you know i got the opportunity to um interview some cool folks some of my heroes really Chris Jericho will always stand out, and you know I, I know you say, well, he's just a professional wrestler. Well, yeah, but suck it. He's part of my childhood. Adam Devine from Workaholics, like those were huge highlights of my career in radio. But for me to have started this podunk podcast in my basement almost two years ago, and then get the opportunity to go backstage at a show, sit down, and interview somebody who I really admire and appreciate, that's a, a freaking accolade that I never saw coming with this whole pet project thing. So it's just wild. It's just totally wild. So anyway, we made it happen. We we uh, The date just so happened to be perfect uh, for Emily and for me, so we took off work early, made our way down to St. Louis. We got these cool uh, special like badges, passes, lanyard things. They got Stapleton's face on them. Uh, they say, like, I think they said, like, support staff or something like that. And then, you know, my name on there. So that was super cool. So I felt like King Shit of Turd Mountain walking around the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater or Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, whatever it's called now. The Amphitheater in St. Louis. So, you know, we got the passes. We got these great seats down near the stage. We, we got the whole meal deal, man. And it's really funny how small the world is because we got sat down and we were kind of just taking in the scenery around us. Cause this is my first time uh, at the amphitheater down there. So we stood up to let this gal through to get to her husband on the other side of us. And I can't remember exactly how we got to talking or what in particular we were talking about, but we got on the subject of Travis Meadows, who is um, a great songwriter out of Nashville uh, with a great story, by the way, if you uh, want to do some research today. So Travis Meadows has written a lot of great songs for just a wide swath of some of the biggest names like Eric Church, Kenny Chesney, Jake Owen, Blackberry Smoke, uh, and a lot more. Well, so I mentioned to her, because we got on the subject of Travis Meadows, I mentioned to her that my buddy Bobby Spencer here in Quincy is a big Travis Meadows fan. And I think that they even have each other's phone numbers. I don't know about that. But it turns out this gal did. She had Bobby's phone number. So I introduced myself. I said, my name is Bo Craft. And she said, my name is Cheryl. I run a web, uh, website and a blog called The Duchess of Rock and Roll. And she's kind of doing what I'm doing, but she uses video. And I don't like having my ugly mug on any more videos than necessary. So uh, tip of the cap to her. But she uh, knows and is a big fan of Travis Meadows, too. And as a result, she knows old Bobby Spencer 
from little Quincy, Illinois, who lives next to my guitar player, Eric McKay. So again, I have found myself in a Kevin Bacon degree separation situation. And I know St. Louis isn't that far from home, but it's just, it's just the wildest damn thing to happen. So Cheryl, if you happen to be listening to this, it was a real pleasure to meet you and your husband and, and talk music with you. And I hope we can do it again soon. And also, your cookies are the shit. And we'll, uh, we'll bring you some pumpkin cinnamon muffins whenever uh, we can get together next. That also seems to be my bargaining chip. <laughs> my end of the deal for certain things. Like, I have promised our realtor that uh, when she finds us the proper home in which to lay down our roots, that we will give her some pumpkin muffins, pumpkin cinnamon muffins, because Emily makes them. So I really have no dog in the fight other than uh, just the business end of promising said baked goods. But my God, they're so good. So that's my bargaining chip for a lot of stuff is pumpkin cinnamon muffins. And I'm not ashamed about it. But I kind of got some comfort from Cheryl. Um you know, because we got to, we, we started talking about her blog and, and my podcast. And I said, you know, I'm really, I'm really kind of nervous because this is my first in-person interview. And she, uh, you know, kind of set my troubles at ease. She said, what an absolute sweetheart of a guy that Brent is. And she was right, man. And I know it's probably not the most masculine thing to, to call another man a sweetheart, but there's really no other way to describe this guy, folks. And maybe, maybe I could go the Neil Young route. Maybe I could just say he's got a heart of gold. Whichever you prefer. Let's let, let let's let this be one of those choose your own adventure segments. Do you call him a sweetheart? Do you call him a heart of gold? How does it affect the outcome? Anyway, this interview, <laughs> despite uh, how nervous I was, was like sitting down with a buddy from my childhood and just, you know, shooting the breeze. It was just, you know, once we got rolling, it felt effortless. Like nerves were gone away. It was just, it was just going and it felt really good and it was cool. And, um, you know, I was kind of disappointed to hear uh, over the weekend that Jerry Reed, who is another musical hero of mine, and of course, as Cletus Snow, too, but somebody had opened up for Jerry back in the day, and we were kind of talking about it. I don't remember how we got on the subject, but he said, you know, we opened up for him, and, and we were excited about it, but they said he wasn't too pleasant of a person, and that was, like, disheartening, and it almost made you, you know, like, it almost made the music less... uh I don't know, maybe, maybe question whether or not how much I like the music anymore, you know? But I suppose don't necessarily let the, the person behind the music sway you from, you know, liking the music. But when you meet, I guess the, the point I'm trying to make here is when you meet somebody like Brent Cobb and you have a conversation with him and you realize what a just down-to-earth dude he is, just laid back, you know, he's just like you and me. And, and the appreciation you have for him, not only as a person, as a result of that experience, but for him as a musician and the music that he and his bandmates create is at least for me, it's taken to a whole new level. Um, there's a whole new connection to it. You know, there's a point in this interview in which Brent says that one of his favorite books is the adventures of Tom Sawyer. And he said, you know, that it made him want to visit Hannibal and he hasn't been yet. So since we're 20 minutes north of Hannibal, you know, I said, we can make that happen. Like, so Brent um, and the rest of you, if you're listening, that offer still 100% stands. There is nothing more that I would love to do than to treat you guys all uh, to a day in Hannibal, touring all the historic spots, the cave, all that stuff. 
I'm telling you, I've done a lot of cool things this year, both in and outside of this podcast. But one of my new uh, bucket list items is to take Brent and his crew around Hannibal for a day and then uh, you know, finish it off maybe at Finn's with some good eats. Get one of those uh, shrimp po'boys, a copious amount of Kerr's lattes, and uh, some acoustic playing. I I should have I wish I could have brought a guitar to that and just said it. They uh if you follow Brent on Instagram, he did a he had a video last night of of them sitting around playing the breeze acoustically, which is again which is strange enough, another one of my favorite songs that we do live and I get to sing. So now that's kinda that's kinda on my bucket list item is to jam on that one with him. But uh man, like I said, if, if y'all are listening, you've got my number. Whenever you guys want, um, you know, make your way to the Midwest. We'll take you to Hannibal. We'll treat you good. We'll take care of you. We'll be ready for you, man. So before I continue to babble on like an eighth grade girl, uh, <laughs> that just let me tell you um, what an indelible impression that that whole experience left on on not only me, but Emily, too. I mean, we that was and I said it in the interview, just one of the the perfect getaways for us, just a perfect night away from the daily grind. Um, and that's the whole thing about live music. It takes you out of life for just, a, you know, a couple hours. You can forget about your worries. You can just enjoy being entertained. And I think at the end of the day, that's something that I need to do a lot more of. But I can't tell you how lucky it all made me feel. But I, I'm going to apologize in advance if I'm not on my interview A game for this one, because like I said, there were some there were some nerves there. And I was also using a new piece of equipment for the first time. So I was like terrified. God, what if I do this interview and it's, uh, you know, this is such a huge milestone for me. And then it doesn't save or it doesn't turn out. So luckily it did. Uh, I think it sounds pretty damn good, too, for my first trial run. So Brent Cobb was the first interview on the uh, the Zoom H6 recorder. This is making all kinds of milestones on this episode, folks. So uh, anyway, I hope you can look past the jitters on my end. And I hope you enjoy my conversation with the great Brent Cobb up next on episode 72 of the Bo Cephas Broadcast. The Bo Cephas Broadcast. Have people asked too many times in the past, man, why do you do the work that you do? Don't you ever worry the means will lead to an end and you'll be stuck both lonesome and blue. Now ain't you kind of going missing both minds, I don't intend to be offended too easily. Instead, I get and I grin. I tell them, here's the truth, friend. I only do the sort of work that pleases me. Let me lay it on you like this. Ain't a road too long. Hello, listeners. This is Boyd McKennell with the local Mall Walkers Club. It has been a while, but we are back. With the closing of Sears and Bergner's, the Mall Walking Club is pleased to announce an upcoming partnership with the local parkour club to bring you Senior Parkour Club happening every Thursday evening in the former Sears and Bergner's locations. This gentle approach to the popular parkour fad promises to keep seniors feeling active. For more information, join us in the community room this Wednesday night. There will be light refreshments. What the f*** is parkour? We now return to the Bo Cephas Broadcast. 
My guest today is a uh, Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, and musician who finds himself caught in uh, St. Louis tonight, having just opened for Chris Stapleton. His latest record, Providence Canyon, released in May of this year. Privileged to welcome Brent Cobb. This is this is surreal to me. Thank you for having me back here, man. Oh, this is awesome. Dude, thank you for even caring, man. Oh, I do for, care. Thanks for listening and caring. I care a lot, yeah. I'm just going to be crass here, but you guys were shit hot tonight, dude. You mean that? I mean that. That was... You guys were dialed in. We were talking about it, me and you, as we were walking back here to do this interview that, you know, we're we're trying to, like, dial in our show because we just did a whole half a year of our our tour of, you know, 90-minute shows, and, like, now we're only doing 30 minutes. And uh, so it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to make this set list because I want to do, like, some of the stuff off Shine On, but then... We got this new record, so I don't know what. We're still like the 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 young dude, you know, the young band on the, you know. So we're trying to prove ourselves, but we also want to just. I want to play some of the old stuff too. Well, yeah. So when you do the ninety minute sets, do you have you typically been doing all of Providence Canyon? Have you done, you know, we, mix of that and, and and shine on? We pretty much do both whole albums at during the the ninety minute shows because last year. I'll tell you, this is how it happened. We, uh, I confirmed a show for New Year's Eve, uh, the top of this year, and all year long last year we were doing only thirty-minute sets, quite the opposite of what we've done this year. Mm-hmm. And we <laughs> we rehearsed one evening for a <laughs> ninety-minute set, and we didn't even rehearse our show. We rehearsed because we co-headlined with the Steelwoods, good buddies of yes. ours. Mm-hmm and uh in macon at the uh cox capitol theater and so they came down and we rehearsed at the kinchifuni wildlife club for two days so two evenings in a row and uh down in preston georgia richland georgia whatever you want to call it and uh we only rehearsed the portion of the show that involved both bands the encore mm-hmm. we didn't even rehearse our 90 minutes show so you just kind of wing it uh totally <laughs> and it, it was uh, uh needless to say it didn't work out quite the way i hoped it might have and uh but yeah so now we're doing the exact opposite we're trying to we finally developed the 90 minute set and now we're trying to bring it down to a 30 minute set so you think you're uh closing in on it according to you we're killing it <laughs> i do want to ask though the first time that i heard really your music was uh, outlaw country and they played if i don't see you and i thought man this is this is like a deep skinnered cut or something like that so the whole providence canyon record has some of that kind of muscle shoals feel is that was that an inspiration for you or is that an inspiration for you it always i'm more inspired by the singer songwriters so you know, my three favorite songwriters of all time are Willie Nelson, Roger Miller, Ronnie Van Zant. And uh, I always, on Shine On Rainy Day, and even before that, you know, I would always try, I always try to write what I would write, but also inspired by, like, what might Ronnie write had, had he gone on and lived and did some solo records like what what songs would ronnie have written not for skinner but for ronnie you know yeah and so there's always in the back of my mind a little bit when we especially when we, when we went in on this record and and uh we wanted to do uh something a little more upbeat and a little more rocking and uh kind of lent itself to to that style you talk about writing and when i listen to you it's very 
um, there's a narrative sense. Um, you know, songs about living in a small town, coming up in a small town. It reminds me of, you know, every Saturday morning, my dad and I would go to the coffee shop in, in my little town, which is Memphis, not big Memphis, but Memphis, Missouri. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'd sit around with what they called the Dead Peckers Club, which was all the old dudes and uh, shoot the gossip and everything. So, I mean, you mentioned you kind of write uh, not only the way that, that you want to, the way it comes across for you, but also from that outside perspective. So, I mean, do you write fully? like ever from your personal perspective or is it always kind of like observational like through your eyes or maybe through the eyes of another uh that's a tough question i don't sit down and 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 consciously go i'm i'm gonna write i don't know i I try to just kind of write what's in the air and i suppose that always is going to be through my personal uh perception of whatever i'm viewing and I, i i've always my daddy is a big storyteller he loves Telling, I love hearing his old stories all my life. I'd get him to tell the same damn stories over <laughs> and over again, and because uh, he tells them so good, especially if he has a couple cures, you know, tapping the to, Rockies. Yeah, man. So I'd always get him to tell these old stories, and he just—he's a great storyteller. So I've always appreciated and been fond of uh, writing songs that way, to where they're sort of like you're saying like a narrative you know this this is what i enjoy you know i enjoy I, my first favorite book was the adventures of tom sawyer and i loved you know i wasn't from missouri but it made me want to go to missouri and you know see the mighty mississippi yeah. and you know and i just love that kind of stuff i like hearing willie nelson sing about texas you know or some story in texas and and I've, i just i want to make sure that is one thing that I do do consciously is try to tell my story, my part of the story about where I'm from or whatever I'm talking about in a way that it would make, it would entice someone to want to experience it. Sure. We are legitimately 20 minutes north of Hannibal. So if you ever want to come aware. down, if yeah. you want to come down and check out all the, uh, you know, the Mark Twain stuff, be our guest. That's uh, where I was in my last band that i had i had i did an ep in 2012 and we were somewhere they moved mark twain's old log cabin where he wrote all that stuff to somewhere in the north like somewhere like maine or something somewhere you wouldn't expect it to be and we did a tour of the of the old cabin oh yeah and uh so cool man i'd I'd love to come down to hannibal i've never been i've always wanted to go here's your ticket man You'd be our guest. You mentioned your dad. Um, I didn't know this, but your dad wrote Country Bound. Mm-hmm. And you performed at the Ryman that song with your dad. What was that like? Oh, man. It was if for no other reason that I would give 12 years of my life to this business. That would be the reason. Yeah. It was, uh, it was amazing, man. He's been listening. He still listens to the Grand Ole Opry every sunday every friday saturday and sunday he's got xm now and he listens to it live and uh it's been a dream i remember the first trip we ever made to nashville i was 16 years old and we're walking behind tootsies and you know and little the alley back there and looking at the old entrance where the guys would leave tootsies from drinking and then stumble into the rhyme and play their <laughs> opry set and you know miss me and daddy we were back there dreaming about man how cool would that be and so yeah the first opportunity i had to play i had to of course i had to have him that's wild perform with me 
was he uh who was more nervous for that uh we were was so nervous but but more excited so yeah. the excitement sort of took the place of the nervousness good jitters oh yeah another guy that had a pretty big impact on you from from everything i've read and heard is wayne mills you talked about him on stage um you know i'm sure you probably told this story till you're blue in the face but tell me about uh king of alabama and and wayne's influence to you and that that whole story how that song came about telling this story never gets old it's uh wayne mills is who i consider to be the king of alabama i know there's plenty of people worthy of that crown uh i'm sure if i sat down with like hank williams jr right now he'd be like my daddy is only king of alabama <laughs> and maybe he's right but in my era of life you know wayne was this guy that everybody loved he took so many people under his wing including myself uh for those who don't know who wayne was I and mean, people jamie johnson used to open shows for wayne mills wayne mills took jamie out on his first tours and stuff you know uh blake shelton used to open shows for wayne mills and uh he's a honky-tonk hero man he, he he traveled he played for the tide he played for alabama football and uh don't get much more alabama than that you know <laughs> and uh and then he was he was shot and killed the night of the george jones tribute show which is also just crazy by a friend or someone who he thought was his friend he left behind a seven-year-old son and a wife and uh yeah he was just a big part i didn't i wouldn't know a quarter of the people i know in this business now had it not been for wayne he he just kind of he's just that dude you know he just he did this thing called alabama line that me and drake white and adam hood and uh leith lofton and a bunch of us john party we'd all he'd have us all we were just just freshly in nashville and he yeah. invited us all out and we'd every tuesday night for a year we'd you know do in the round style songwriter sessions at alabama line because mm-hmm. of wayne mills and uh after he passed i was thinking about his son and uh couldn't imagine being seven years old his son was seven when when all that happened and i it hit me so hard my wife was pregnant at the time with our daughter mm-hmm. and i was just it was like right there at thanksgiving and uh just couldn't imagine losing my daddy at seven years old no kidding especially in that way and uh i started writing i strummed that chord and wrote that first verse and chorus and and uh, it felt like wayne was there you know it felt mm-hmm. i just wanted to write a song in a way that he would have been proud and he, we'd been if i'd play it at alabama line he'd be like hell yeah rock <laughs> on you know so he was awesome man yeah absolutely so you mentioned um you mentioned me down in nashville georgia born and raised right mm-hmm. you uh i found this odd you didn't meet your cousin dave until you were 16 Right? Yeah, seven, six, uh, I was about 17 or 18. Late teens? Yeah, yeah, late teens. So then you went out to California, you do your first record, mm-hmm. you move back to Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. And you're working at Walgreens? Uh, no, I I moved, I, I went back and forth to LA for about a year and a half. I was pretty reluctant to move there. Yeah. And uh, I wound up finally moving there after a year and a half. The record had already been, we'd already made that first record and maybe i should start at the beginning we met at a family funeral it was his grandmother's funeral my great aunt christine and uh i was a young like half cocky southern you know 
<laughs> like, who's this guy and this cousin? Because Dave grew up in Savannah. I grew up in, in southwest Georgia. He grew up in southeast Georgia. Okay. And he's about 13 years older than I am. And at this funeral, my little arrogant ass was like, <laughs> uh, so we're all musical, you know. Sure. And so yeah, it, yeah. it gets around that he's a producer in L.A. And so I'm like, we're all standing around after his grandmother's funeral. And I'm like, so, man, I hear you record producer. <laughs> what you produced? <laughs> and uh, he, he said, Shooter Jennings put the O back in country. And it floored me. It blew yeah. my mind. This is my favorite record at that time. And I never had the mind about me to, like, flip the album over and look who produced it. Sure. And uh, I wound up giving him a little acoustic demo that I had recorded when I was 16 of some songs I had written, about six songs. And and then two days later, he called me. I was stoned at the house. I just got off work. <laughs> I was working for a tree service crew. And, and uh, me and my buddy just got off work. And phone rings. I didn't even have a cell phone. It was a house phone on the wall. The old landline. Yeah, man. I answered the phone. Hello, Brent there? this is him this is your cousin dave we met a couple of days ago i got shooter jennings on the phone with me right oh, now wow. we want to fly to la and fly you out to la and do a record so i went back and forth for a year and a half and then finally moved there in uh sometime in 2007 and uh only lived there for about four months and it was a little it was a lot i, I moved ellaville is is a, a town of population 1609 people and I moved right to the middle of Hollywood on Willoughby and Vine. That's a big change, buddy. And uh, <laughs> it was a little, it was a little, little bit too much to take for me yeah. at the time. So I moved back to Georgia, and then I moved to Nashville a few months later, and I started working at Walgreens in Franklin. Did you enjoy that? Working at Walgreens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've you're, enjoyed every job I've had. You were developing like photos, right? Mm-hmm. That's. I was that's a uh, photo specialist, if Ooh. you will. That's what, that's what was that on your name tag and everything? It was. Brent Cobb, photo, photo specialist. specialist. That's Damn. Right. That's I don't a, even know if that job that's exists a credential. Yeah, I was anymore. going to say, that's almost like a, an antiquated job now. I know. If it's even, yeah, it's probably obsolete. I'm sure it is. You uh, you spent time writing for a lot of artists. Um, Luke Bryan, Miranda Lambert, Kenny Chesney, Oak Ridge Boys. Do you find that, that you like writing for others or writing for yourself more? Or is there kind of, you know, with everything, pros and cons to each? I always write for myself. I don't really ever think about it like writing for someone else yeah it's always uh it's always for me and then it seems like the more personal the song the more success it has mm -hmm. someone will pick it up and you know record it I, I wrote a song called don't it one time that kenny chesney wound up recording mm -hmm. and it was super personal and but it's always been that way hold me closely the first song i ever had cut i wrote when i was 17 two days before my my mama's mama passed away. We were really, really tight, and I uh, had no idea where this song came from. And uh, two days later, she passed. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it, uh, my tour manager just brought in a bunch of Chick-fil-A for anybody <laughs> listening, and which is awesome. Game changer. And uh, I had no idea where that song came from, but it was. I, but then she, when she died, it was like wow that's where that song came from i had this dream during her uh wake or you know where you mm -hmm. have everybody come over and yeah and we were cooking at the house i had laid down for a nap and i had a dream that i woke up and we're still at the house just like we were in right norm you know real life 
and I walked through the kitchen of my folks, and everybody had shown up for the wake. And uh, my nana was what I called her. She was sitting on this stool. And I wasn't surprised that she was alive. I was just surprised she was sitting on a stool because she had a bad back in real life. And I was like, <laughs> she's reading this big book. And I was like, Nana, what are you reading? And she leaned it down and she said, a song book. And when she said that, I woke up and everybody was there just like I had dreamed. And, uh, and then I took that as like, there are these songs that are written already. And if I'm living my life right, maybe one every now and then one gets thrown down to me and that turned out to be the first song i ever had recorded by the oak ridge boys in Man. 2008 so it's pretty it was pretty wild you yeah know? no kidding do you ever have you found one that you've written that that is hard to let go like you don't want nah. you don't want somebody else to get hold of it i don't ever i'm not stingy i ain't no? stingy <laughs> no uh i think anybody should record anything they want to record i love back in the day there's like you know six versions of sunday morning coming down oh yeah and uh i like that I like when there's a bunch of different versions of the same song this year you got a uh, grammy nomination for best americana album for shine on ready day did you uh did you imagine you'd get to that point grammy nomination that kind of accolade no no i'm i hope it'll keep on working yeah i'll tell you what's crazy is right now about two years ago i was having these weird episodes where it felt like i was gonna maybe pass out yeah this is gonna sound super weird right now <laughs> lay it on and, me man uh, but i but it would be a deep feeling of sensation of uh of deja vu yeah and this is one of those moments i would tell my wife about it i bet she would remember it's weird that he's here this is my little cousin will over here and i, I have dreamed this moment right here really it's crazy well, I've dreamt of it too. Now it's just reality. It's so, so this s- is strange, man. So, so talking <laughs> about being nominated for a Grammy and stuff is—I never dreamed that. Yeah, I never, I never even hoped that would happen. But sometimes I feel like it's the only thing I'm—I'm I'm here for, you know. So, do you? Uh, are you hoping that uh, Providence Canyon does that kind of same thing? I hope it does. Yeah. I don't know. I think you will. I'm going I'm to mark it right here and say you will. Yeah, I'm, I'm counting on you. <laughs> um now of course you're on the road with with chris stapleton marty stewart's playing right now um you know this weekend you're playing festivals i mean things are going so well for you what's what's next on the horizon i know you just got providence canyon out in may i mean have you uh have you thought ahead to what's next um well this year we did a lot of headline stuff touring wise we're just going to do more touring um we may try to get back in the studio next year do another record um really i just want you know i just hope that that this this record will continue to catch on like shine on did it kind of set a decent foundation and i I hope that providence canyon will also i just hope it'll take it that next step further i don't know what that next step is but you know i'm excited to watch it happen no matter well we were you know top of the year we were selling out a couple hundred cap rooms uh all over the country and i never never thought it'd get bigger than that i mean that's i don't want to you want to be satisfied or anything but i also you know yeah i'm pretty happy with where it's at i hope it'll continue to grow though well uh i do want to ask you because emily's sitting here she's the only girl in the room and uh she was curious about your hair you guys all have great hair you have great facial hair how the hell do you keep it so 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 
so beautiful on the road? Uh, sweat. That's got to be difficult. Okay, sweat. Uh, We're going to get a checklist going here. No, get your, no product, get really. Your, get your I, uh, product list out here. We don't shower uh, every day sometimes. <laughs> um, we don't use dry shampoo either. Oh, man. It's uh, a hotel shampoo and uh, every other day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so those are... Those are what are what are your uh let's say you got a night off. You got a night out, you guys are gonna go out on the town. What is uh what is getting spiffed up for you guys? Hmm. We like to go you you said on the town. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't know, man. It's always cool to find a little just a little dive where there's not many folks hanging out and we can kinda belly up to the bar, sit down in some stools, maybe a pool table and a nice jukebox. Pretty pretty standard stuff. Yeah. You need to come to Quincy. Down. We got a bar on every corner and a church across the street. Come on, buddy. (laughs) Well, uh, there's not enough time. Uh, You know, I know you got to hit the stage here again in a few minutes, but uh, I want to thank Tyler. I want to thank the band. I want to thank you so much, A, for the music, B, for this opportunity. This is dream come true for me. This is a milestone moment. Um, If folks want to find you online and and follow along, where do they find you? Uh, you can go to brentcobmusic.com, and you can also go to facebook.com slash brentcobmusic. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, twitter slash brent underscore cob. <laughs> we'll, we'll find it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. Just Google me, man. There it's 2018. Go. I don't know. That's the way to do it. All right, Brent Cobb, thank you again so much, and thanks to the team. Thanks to the guys. Incredible show. Uh, this has just been this is a much needed getaway for the both of us awesome. and this is uh, like I said a milestone for me so thank right. you so much and damn come to Hannibal man we'll show you around we'll, I'll do, do, some, it. we'll do some mini golfing take you get some cafe yes. stuff like that yes thank y'all for giving a shit man yeah, really absolutely appreciate it you're listening to the Bo Cephas Broadcast I think I'm going country bound to the down on roots of a little backwoods town where the people all say hi The stars fill the sky I think I'm going country I'm going country back. You know, when I'm in need of the best cold brew in the area, I trust Hobbick Enterprises Incorporated. They're your distributor of great beverages in the tri-state area. Coors Light, Blue Moon, Pabst Blue Ribbon, and more. And don't forget the ever-important, high-quality H2O. That's right, Hobrick Enterprises also carries Mountain Valley spring water. If the need for beer arises, go see the folks at Hobrick Enterprises. 1901 Seminary Road in Quincy. Call 217-223-1183. If the need for beer arises, go see the folks at Hobrick Enterprises. The Mosefist Broadcast. Mosefist Broadcast. Sitting on the front porch on a Sunday afternoon Just me and a buddy who I've known for a few years We figure since the weather's nice We might as well soak up the sights of Nashville With no suits and ties around Conversation covers everything And in between from Grandpa's health Marrying good girls All we ain't up to nothing Just solving all the problems of the world 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, I believe that is going to wrap things up for episode 72 of the Bocephus broadcast. Once again, my uh, endless thank you to Brent Cobb and his team. Check out the record Providence Canyon available now wherever you get your music. Go see him live if you can. Uh, I am looking forward to a Brent Cobb and them headlining set. I need that. Uh, I need that 90 minutes, man. 30 minutes is great. It's satisfying, but I need that 90 minutes. It's like a nap. You know, 30 minutes is great, but if you can get 90 in, even better. You take on the world. Follow the Bocephus Broadcast on social media. We're at Facebook.com slash Bocephus Broadcast. Head there. Give us a like. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BoBCraft. If you've got questions, comments, concerns, hate mail, anything of that nature, we take all that over at Bocephus Broadcast at gmail.com. Shoot us a line. Or air your grievances and dirty laundry, Don Henley, uh, by calling the Bocephus Broadcast Hotline, available for you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 damn days of the year at 872-222-8610. Don't forget, all of your official Bocephus Broadcast apparel is available on Amazon.com simply by searching Bocephus Broadcast. You can get uh, all the official t-shirts available for $19.99, plus eligible for free Prime two-day shipping if you are a member of Prime. All shirts come in a variety of sizes, styles, colors. Pretty impressive. Also, uh, like I said, be keeping an eye out for the Travis Tritt Merry Tritmas non-denominational holiday t-shirt coming very soon, hopefully. In time for Christmas, I would say. I think that that could be a a big uh, holiday seller. That could be a hot ticket item. It could be the next Tickle Me Elmo, the Merry Tritmas non-denominational holiday t-shirt. That might very well pay for all of my... Uh, Christmas shopping this year. I don't know. Wouldn't that be great, though? What a wonderful world! With that, I think it's time to uh, head out to the deck and enjoy what's left of this wonderful Sunday. Fire up Providence Canyon. Maybe grill some meat. I don't know. But you can bet I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it. So with that, I will bid you adieu, and we'll see you right back here, same time, same place, for episode 73 of the Bocephus Broadcast. Everybody have a great week. We'll catch you then. You've been listening to the Bocephus Broadcast. Infirmary Media.